Jude, we're going to just roll as quickly as we can. We went through 1 John, five chapters. 2 John, shortest book in the Bible. 3 John, second shortest book in the Bible. And another short book, the book of Jude today. Let's go look at it, the book of Jude. And I call this study this morning, this message, Guarding Against Apostasy. Say that with me. Guarding Against Apostasy. As much as I love you and getting together with you and hanging out with you, what we do here is more than just getting together and hanging out. We're teaching the Word. And if we're going to teach the Word, we need to teach it straight. Y'all hear me? need to teach the truth. God's Word, the Bible. Amen? There's one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. There's not a bunch of other ways. That's a lie that men have made up. And that is called apostasy. Y'all hear me? To say there's any other God other than the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, is apostasy. So we got to guard against that. They had to guard against it way back when. We really have to guard against it today. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can learn. In the book of Jude, we see the harsh reality of what happens when truth and love... Now, truth and love was what John, the apostle, majored on. He majored on truth and love. Truth and love. When you don't have truth and love, and they're not the anchor of the Christian church, you've got a problem. She drifts. The church will drift into dangerous waters. When you don't preach the truth and you don't believe the truth. You might say, Clark, I mean, at fellowship, I mean, you dress in your jeans and... You know, y'all sing some contemporary music, but man, y'all preach the Bible. I mean, I even preach the King James Bible. I mean, as old-fashioned as you come. You might not think it, because that's what really matters, guys. Now, we need love. The reason I dress this way and the way we do what we do is because at the end of the day, that's that's not the main thing here. Jesus is the main thing. Loving you is the main thing. Preaching his word is the main thing. Okay, I just, if you show up, I just ask you to come covered up. I don't give a hoot what you wear. Got it? Say. Now, if it's funny looking, I might go, now that's funny looking right there. But that's the way it is. But come on, let's go. Come on, here we go. The book of Jude was written by Jude. Okay, so we've got that. Written by Jude. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, verse number one, and brother of James To them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. And he's just going to push me. So Jude was the brother of James. And say this with me. Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. Okay? How do we know that? Mark 6, 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of who? Judah or Jude and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Jesus had brothers and sisters. There are certain denominations, and one in particular, that preaches that Jesus did not have brothers and sisters. Well, how do you say that when the Bible says he did? They just make it up. Y'all hear me? And that's how apostasy happens, by just making stuff up. Y'all hear me, yes or no? Okay? If it offends you to think that Mary had other children other than Jesus, that's your problem. You hear me say, the Bible teaches it, says it the truth. Apparently Jude, now this is interesting. How many have family that aren't Christians, they don't believe in the Lord? Can I see your hands? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Absolutely. Apparently Jude didn't believe in Jesus until after his resurrection. So don't give up on your family. I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, wonder how Jesus felt. Say. 
Okay, don't give up. Don't give up. For neither did his brethren believe in him, John 7, 5 says. It'd be pretty hard to live with Jesus, wouldn't it? I mean, it's just hard enough to live with somebody that's like a brother or sister that's like smarter than you. How about one that can walk on water? How you like that one? Say, Amen. Or raise the dead. And what can you do? You can hardly get out of bed. Amen. So it's tough. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zealots, and Judas. That's not the Judas. That's Jude, the brother of who? James. These all continue with one accord. So undoubtedly, after Christ had died on the cross and was resurrected, Jude was part of them now. He's with them now. He's in that upper room. So, now can you imagine being Jesus' brother? If I was Jesus' brother, everywhere Gary would go, I'd be like, I'm Jesus' brother. I'd have a sign. I'm Jesus' brother. Hey, Jude was not like me. Jude didn't pull rank. He calls himself in this verse, the what? Say it with me, the what? Boy, that's how apostasy starts too. In the church, when people think they're better than other people. Or the way they look at the scriptures the right way. And the preacher, he don't just do it just right. Or this group don't do it just right. Are you kidding me? We don't pull rank around here. Y'all hear me? We're servants around here. I'm a servant. I'm your servant. I'm not above you. Like I say, somebody's got to get up here and preach. It's me. I don't have the gifting that you have. Many gifts you have, I don't have. Okay? I say it often. You people are a lot nicer than I am many times. Okay? Okay? So you have gifts that I don't have. But the key is we're all servants. So Jude, let's look at it. And I've studied this book before, but this is an intense one-day study of this book. I'm not going to take four or five weeks on it. We're going we're to see what we can knock out. So when you read the book of Jude, we see he's a servant, the brother of Jesus, half-brother. Jude had every intention, say it with me, of doing what? Writing a nice what? You ever took out to writing a letter to somebody, it just turned, it just turned. It was like, well, it's going to be really nice, but then I had to, you know. We don't do that a lot, but we do that in conversations, don't we? You ever been in a conversation, you had every intention of it going well, and it just didn't? Ooh. Well, that's what this letter does. He had every intention of being nice and kind and sweet. Mercy unto you. See? Peace and love. Be multiplied unto you. Can't be nicer. No. Beloved, verse 3, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he was going to write of what we have in Christ. And we'll see that in a moment, perhaps. But let me tell you something he says. It was needful. Say needful. Guys, if we're going to stand against apostasy, if we're going to stay with the stuff, it's needful that we hear messages like we're going to hear today. Okay? It's needful. We need to stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should what? Say it with me. Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Guys, we're not getting any new Bibles today. I don't care what they say on the Christian TV. You have the Bible. Amen. Yeah, but the Lord told me this, and he said this. And if you listen to them long enough and stay with them long enough, you'll find out they're kooky. I'm telling you, stay with the book. Amen? Come on. So 
His tune changed. His tune changed. And the Holy Spirit, as he was writing this letter, the Holy Spirit detoured him and sent him in another direction. So he's going to write about the common salvation, how good we got it in God and in Jesus. And all of a sudden, the Spirit detoured him. Amen? And that's what this little book is about. We're just getting started. What was going to be sweet, say it with me, turns what? And what? It's the kind of books that if you really look at, ooh, ooh, ooh. You don't preach the book of Jude at Fellowship, do you? Yep. I'm not going to do it every week. (laughs) Amen? It's a tough little book. So this is a what? This is a what? It's a what? It's an emergency, guys, that you contend for the faith. And during that time, especially when the church is getting started and people are starting like the agnostics we saw, where they believe that Jesus really didn't exist physically, but it was more about just a knowledge of him and some, you know, just getting smarter. And that was killing the early church. And so Jude's also attacking this as well. So he writes about apostasy. Let's talk about it. What is apostasy? Say it with me if you can see it there. The turning away of the church from the truth of God's word. Apostasy doesn't need to be a big fancy word that you don't understand. It simply means this, a turning away from the truth of God's word. Do you think that's happened today in our world? Yes or no? Absolutely. Got a new series. And, Roger, want to put that up, that announcement about the new series, if we can, just a reminder for me. Got a brand new series next Sunday morning on the book of Revelation. But I'm going to do four messages for sure. I'm not going to necessarily do the whole book, but I'm definitely going to do the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The four horse, the white, the red, the pale, the black horse over the book of Revelation. And we'll get into a good bit of the book of Revelation, and that's going to happen in the next four weeks. In the second service beginning next week, a similar series, but I'm calling it different scriptures, going to be in Matthew and what Jesus said a lot, but are our times the end times? So we're going to have messages on that because I've been that way for years, and that is around Halloween time, it's spooky time in the world. Spooky time, spooky time. You want to get spooky? Read the Bible. You want to see some stuff going on? Read the Bible. Talk about end times and last days, and that's what we're going to do over the next four weeks. It's going to be interesting, but the point, of the, but the point is, is that so much of the church has turned away from the truth today. Y'all hear me, yes or no? So we need to be strong here. We didn't start Fellowship Church because there weren't enough rotary clubs in the country. Okay? That's not what this is here. I'm not putting down the rotary club. But you know what? The rotary club, they don't get together on Tuesday and preach the gospel. We get together on the first day of the week and preach God's word. Amen? Say. So people can come to Christ. So people can be strong. They can get their week started off right. We need to stay steady. Jude says, church, 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 you should earnestly contend for the faith. That's what this book is about. Keep looking. We are to, what does earnestly contend mean? Say that part in blue with me. We are to what? Agonize with? Well, it's just hard. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Fighting the devil. Say. Good grief. Agonize. Stand for the truth. Yeah, but you know, I don't want to offend them. I'm not saying go offend people, but you don't have to lay down and just not not stand up for Christ. Say, amen, say. You can do that. And I found most people, when I stand for the Word of God, they don't, they don't spit in my face. 
We're still, truth with what? Love. Truth with what? But so often the church just has gone, you know, full sail after what's called love. But I believe love without truth is cruel. I love you, I love you, I love you, but I let you die and go to a devil's hell. That doesn't sound very nice of me. Y'all hear me, yes or no? Or your life's running off the rails and there's a way that seems right to a man, and that's, that's the end there, it's a way of death. But here's a path that I can tell you about that's a good path and a right path that can change your life. That's love, but that's, that's taking a little more effort with it. Yes or no? That's how we have to look at this subject. We've got to agonize with diligence. Because what happens, cancer will get in the body. You don't play with cancer, do you? Well, you know, i got cancer, but I'm just going to rub some, uh, you know, some Vaseline on it. Excuse me. Is that what you're going to do? Or you know you got cancer and you need this treatment, but you know what? I'm just going to drink. I'm going to drink a lot of B8 juice is what I'm going to do. You got cancer. And that's what apostasy is. And this is the only way to deal with apostasy is with truth. Say truth. One more time. Boy, y'all sleeping on me. Come on. What is it? It's called truth. Tell me the truth. The cancer of apostasy. Now we're going we're gonna to just build the case like we're in, in class together. Here we go. For there are certain men, verse 4, crept in unawares, who before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God in our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the cancer of apostasy. That's what we see in that one verse. These that are apostate, they are ungodly. I still believe that. People that take God's word and say, well, I know it says that, but it doesn't mean that. Here's how I view people like that. You're not of God. Do that to my face. I mean, you say, you know, I believe you, but I don't believe you. But I respect you. Well, you don't respect me. We play that game with God because he ain't right here in our face. But he is here. You hear me? And everything's getting written down in a book, the Bible says. And we're going to stand one day and the books are going to be opened. And the dead, small and great, are going to stand before God and they're going to give an account of what things were written in the book. Well, we need to think like that. They're ungodly. No respect or awe of God. They turn God's grace into what? License. Grace, you can do whatever you want to. That's not what that means. They deny the Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why my biggest problem with Islam is in, in, the, in, in Islam, in the Koran, they throw a little cookie out to us that Jesus, oh, we believe in Jesus. You don't believe that Jesus died on the cross. You do not believe that he was crucified. And you do not believe that he's risen again. So don't tell me you believe in Jesus. You hear me, yes or no? Okay, that, that's fine. Yeah, you ought to praise the Lord. You ought to know the truth, guys. That's the truth. Does that mean we're to be hateful? No, truth and love. But that way is a way that leads to death. Christ gives life. I, say it with me if you know it. I am the way, the truth, and the 
life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So, they deny the Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just talking about that religion. Many religions. And at Fellowship Church, people ask me, what religion are you? We believe in Jesus. Amen? We believe that he died for us, rose from the dead for us, said he loves us. I don't even like, I guess we're Christian, but even that's tainted and faded these days. Amen? That's why I like to tell them we love Jesus and we love people. Well, what does that mean? Well, good, you go ahead and tell them what that means. Amen? Say. So, keep looking. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers, this is Jude writing. He's going to write a nice book. Turned ugly. These filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. So, the cancer and apostasy, they're given over to what? Sensuality and defile the flesh. Where doing right doesn't matter. Holiness doesn't matter. It's going on in the church. We see that in the book of 1 Corinthians. If you go back and read your Bible, you'll see that kind of mess was happening. They reject divine and human authority. I'm good. I'll do what I want. My way is the right way. Y'all hear me or not today? We're talking about apostasy. Are y'all, are y'all like, he's killing me? You okay? It's the Bible. We're learning a little book in the Bible today. <clears throat> and he gets a little crazy right in here. We'll do our best to make sense of it. <clears throat> Yet Michael, so talking about rejecting divine and human authority. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil... He disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring an, against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. What does that mean in plain English? Number six, they ridicule the supernatural. The Bible does speak of the supernatural. The Bible does speak of angels and demons. And do I understand it all? No. But do I believe it? Yes. Sometimes I think one of them's chained to me. You ever felt like that sometimes? You know? I've been feeling better lately. My health is getting better, I think. I think it's getting better. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But that's discouraging. I was watching Ohio State last night in the, in the Wisconsin game. That's a tough game. It's a beautiful game. Good game. But I was, I, was, I was telling Kim that Urban Meyer, when he coached at Florida, won national championships, of course, but then he took time off. Remember, he, got, he thought he was dying. He thought you know, he had heart problems and this, that, and the other. And he took time off a couple of years, and he got better. And now he came back to Ohio State, and they're winning, man. But I told Kim last night, I ain't sure Urban had what I had, but it, doesn't surprise, it, it sounds similar to me. You know what I'm saying? You get sick, you got issues, you go, oh, my gosh. And you just can't do what you used to do. And you start to think, man, it's crazy. Amen? But the good news is, regardless, you've got to stay steady. Amen? And I don't know if I was under attack. People think I was under attack by the devil or whatever. I don't know. I think he's been attacking me for years. And you too. You stand for the truth, and that's the way it is. And you have to agonize with all diligence. Amen? Say, show up when you don't feel like it. Do the right thing regardless. And is it fun? No. It's the right thing. Amen. Come on. And I think you'll be a winner just like Urban. You hear me say? Come on. Keep looking. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. And it's funny, too. Most people that mock at things they don't understand about the Bible never read the Bible. 
You don't believe that Bible. And you, well, you ain't even never read it. Now, that's not limited to just those. Many have read it and rejected. I understand that. But most people I've met don't believe because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. How do you get faith? By hearing the Word of God. They've been hearing other things and rejecting things they ain't even heard. That's crazy. That's called mocking. But these speak evil of, the, of those things which they don't even know. But what they know naturally is brute beast in, in those things. They corrupt themselves. They do what comes to them what? Guys, the church is a supernatural organism. It's alive. It's powered by the Holy Spirit, the living God. We don't do here just what comes naturally. Now, we do have natural gifting. If you can sing, you probably can sing. If you can't, you probably can't. I'm talking about if you're going to do it professionally or in front of a lot of people, okay? There's some people, you have gifting that other people don't have, and it seems sort of natural to you, okay? But listen, that, what this is talking about, we don't run the church just on, well, whatever. Let's take a vote. Which Bible are we going to use this week? Y'all hear me or not? Am I driving you up the wall? You know, is marriage ordained of God this week? Yeah, but next week it ain't going to be because the Supreme Court said so. I could care less what the Supreme Court says. Amen. Say. Okay? Yeah, praise the Lord. Listen. Abortion. Killing a life is wrong, whether you like it or not or whether you've done it or not. The best way is to have a standard, the Word of God, that you look at and you live your life this way. And if you have erred and made mistakes and, and outright done wrong, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He'll lift you up, the Bible says. Amen. Come on. You're not destined to hell or banished to hell for bad choices. Good grief, we'd all be there, right? Say. But by the grace of God, there go I. Amen. Come on. Come on. Kneel at that cross like Joel and Chris sang about. Receive that forgiveness. I know you love me. I love that song, didn't you? I know you love me. Okay? Don't just do what comes naturally. These eight things can describe churches that have sold out. Right there. Churches that have turned away from God. Eight things. You can get this online if you want to look at it later. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must do what? Believe that He what? Is. And that He's a rewarder of those that diligently what? Or earnestly seek Him. Amen? It could get rough. You stay with it. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness unto him. That was me, my first 16 years of life. That was my mother, the first 40 years of life. She thought it was just great to be drunk and to run around and cheat on daddy and live life like the devil. And I was following early right in those steps. And my brothers and sisters, too. Because we were living naturally. Does that make sense? We didn't receive the things of God. They were foolishness unto us. Neither can we know them because they're spiritually discerned. But he that is what? Come on, church. He that is what? Spiritual judges all things. That doesn't mean you're a judge of people. It means when you're spiritual, you've got a spiritual mind and spiritual eyes, and you want to see the right thing. And you see the right thing and the wrong thing, you want to do the right thing. Yes or no? That's what that's talking about. Yet he himself is judged of no man. And that's the truth. When you're spiritual, you know that no man can judge me. No man can condemn me. Christ is the one that died for me. You didn't. Amen. That's what that means. No man judges me. That's, that's huge in your life to know that. 
For who's known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have set with me the mind of who? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. Amen? That you can know truth and you can know his Father and you can be saved. So guarding against apostasy. I told you this is a big message today. We pulled up a truckload. Amen? Come on, but we're, we're, we're not done yet. Listen. Now, this is really, really odd language. We're going to just pop up here. Listen to the next several symptoms of a church or apostasy. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust. Boy, he is not writing a nice letter. Their mouth speaks great swelling words. They have men's persons in admiration because of advantage. We're going to build the list. Here's some symptoms of apostasy. They're grumblers and fault finders. When people complain and grumble in the body of Christ, it is a symptom of apostasy. That doesn't mean that they're apostate. I didn't say that. But you ought to want to stay away from grumbling and fault-finding because it's a symptom of that. Did you hear me? You start grumbling and fault-finding with the church, don't be surprised if you don't find yourself shipwrecked, not in church, becoming judgmental on how they do it and how you would do it. It's just not a good place to go. Y'all hearing me? They're proud. Not humble. Arrogant. Not good. Y'all hear me, yes or no? This is what this is what Jude says. Keep looking. Push it, Raj, please. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. They're divisive. Apostasy starts in the, bi- in the body with people who are divisive. It doesn't start like, oh, hello, let's all have a picnic. It's doing great. You know, it's, it's, it's divisive, guys. It's not. They're sensual. What does that mean? Led by the flesh and not the spirit. It doesn't mean they're necessarily wicked doing nasty things. It just means they're led by their flesh and not what the Spirit says or the Word says. Y'all hear me, yes or no? If you've been in a church that's had splits and problems and this and that, I know I'm talking English to you. You hear me? And we're talking about apostasy because it can end up in a bad, bad place. Not Spirit-led. Keep looking. These six things can describe churches that major on the minors. Look at it. Now, at Fellowship Church, I'm going to tell you straight up, we major on loving Jesus Christ and loving people. Why so simple when there's so much more to get? Well, there is a lot more. But you know what? Let's keep the cookies on the bottom shelf. Love Jesus, love people. How about we do that? Okay? Here's six things, though, that can, oh, pop back up, that can kill a church. Here it is. Let's just look at it. Just talk about church in general. Let's just look at it. Grumblers and fault finders. Is that going to build a church? Proud. It's all about me. Is that going to build a church? Arrogant, full of themselves. Is that going to build a church? Divisive. Is that going to build a church? Doing what's natural, whatever they've got in their gut, whatever's sick. Is that going to build a church? Not being spirit-led. Is that going to build a church? Listen, yes or no? Absolutely. This is important, this little book, isn't it? Wow. I mean, every preacher ought to read this book. People in leadership in the church ought to see this book. And if you're in leadership here today... And many of you are. Again, at Fellowship, we're an odd bunch. We don't elect people to leadership here. We don't. 
You want to lead, you can lead. If you're, if you're disqualified because you, you don't want to do the right thing or, or be faithful, that's on you. That ain't on me. Amen. Say. But, but we're all sinners here. We're saved by grace, but we're not above each other here. Y'all hear me? Okay. Just talking. Apostasy is an ugly two-headed monster. Look at that monster. Apostasy has two heads. Legal license. Anything goes. Whatever you think. Let's do it. The other side of that coin is legalism. Nothing goes. Now, that's sort of the church that, that I'm more familiar with. I was never in a church where anything was just goes. I was in the church that said, it's a shame for a man to have long hair, and they define that as if it touches your ears. And look what happened to me. Okay? I don't appreciate it. Or, ladies, you must wear a dress to come to church. I'm just throwing a couple out there. Or, you, the only authorized Bible is the King James Bible. You ever heard that? How many have ever heard that in my audience today? Absolutely. It's not. I use the King James by choice. But it's not the only authorized version of the, of the Bible. There's a church back home that they believed it so sincerely and firmly, any other Bible they would bring out and have a Bible burning. Can you imagine getting together? We're going to bring some chicken tonight and some potato salad. We're going to burn Bibles. Other than the King James. By the way, that guy in my hometown died an early death. I didn't pray for that. I didn't even know the situation. I'm just saying we need to be... Come on, guys. Apostasy's a bad... You'll do the dumbest things. Yes or no? Shouldn't anybody be allowed at fellowship say, no matter what kind of clothes they got, yes or no, say. To me, that makes sense. It just makes sense. Come on. And, it, it, you know, I'm a guy. So if a woman would come in here and she, you know, you can see through her clothes or something like that, I'm going to have to probably say something because it's going to be hard for me to preach. Because I'm a man. That's all. I just, just, that's just normal talk, right? Say. But, guys, we don't need to be making up rules. The Bible has plenty for us to do without us trying to add to it. You know, come on. Praise the Lord. Yeah, come on. Amen. Ugly two-headed monster. Here we go. We're trying to make it through it. God will not tolerate apostasy. Three historic examples. We're going to fly through these. This is only 25 verses, but this book is jam-packed. You could, I've done it in four sermons before. I'm trying not to today. Jude 1.5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, after afterward destroyed them that did what? Believed not. So, historical example number one, the children of Israel. Number two, angels who fell. And the angels which kept not. So if he'll do this to his chosen people, you don't think he'll do it to you? He'll do it to you. You turn from him, it'll happen. Angels who fell, and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he's reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of that great day. Angels who rebelled. Satan took like a third of heaven. God, God created these beautiful angels for worship. You don't think God will, if God will judge his own people Israel and God will judge angels that he created, you don't think he'll judge you? Apostasy is not a good place to go. Sodom and Gomorrah. 
even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, are set forth, for an example, suffering the vengeance of what? Man, a whole area, I've been over there many times, down by the Dead Sea. When you get down by the Dead Sea, it's nothing but big black basalt rocks. How many have been to Israel? How many have been down by the Dead Sea? You know what I'm talking about. It's weird. It's like the moon. And to think, and when you hear this, you're in Sodom and Gomorrah. Are you kidding me? Nothing lives there. And nothing can even live in the water at the Dead Sea. And when you take your hands down into the mud of the Dead Sea, guess what color it is? Black. What does that mean? There's some big fire or something happened down there. It stands as a, uh, really it stands as a testimony of the Lord that he's not going to tolerate apostasy. You hear me, yes or no? That's what Jude is saying. And trust me, when he wrote this a couple of thousand years ago, and he wrote it in the land, these were pictorial examples they could pretty understand pretty easy. Oh yeah, he could point almost over there to it. Three personal examples, and they're a little strange, but here they go. Woe unto them, for they've gone in the way of who? Cain. They've ran greedily after the era of who? Balaam for what? For money. And perished in the gainsaying of who? Korah. Okay, so there's three things. Cain, he offered a bloodless sacrifice. Remember that? The right way to sacrifice is a blood sacrifice. Balaam sold himself out for money. And then Korah rebelled against Moses. Those are three examples. But I tell you what, wonder what's happening today in the church and what we hear and what we see. So much of our world that needs to be saved is turned off to Christianity. And the number one reason they say is hypocrites and TV preachers. Wonder why they say that. They're not idiots. They're saying it because they see it. They see it. This is a big message, guys. That's why at Fellowship we say this. Even if it means we have to work longer, be smarter, I don't know what it's going to take, but the bottom line is we've been doing it. If you can't give cheerfully, keep it. We want to say that so that people don't come in here and feel like Gary Clark's trying to take their money. Did you all hear me, yes or no? I don't want your money. I'd like to see us... Just be to where we can make our bills meet, ends meet, and we can still have forward view of of the future and reach people. I want to do that. But do I want to have build some kingdom or crazy stuff? I don't want to. Even this building, as beautiful as it is, if you look around, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's, there's not crystal chandeliers hanging everywhere, is there, say? The thing that costs a lot the most in this room is that big old screen right there. So we could preach the gospel. Amen. That's what we want to do here. And a lot of money back there at that board and a lot of money in these speakers. You know that, right? Okay? That's what we want to be. Five pictorial examples of apostasy. We've got to fly. I'm doing my best. We're almost done. These are spots in your feast of charity. Just listen. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds that are without water, carried about with winds, trees whose fruit withers, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, keep looking, raging waves of the sea just foaming out shame, 
wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And it is strange language, but these are just pictures. Let's look at them real quick. He mentioned spots. Apostasy is a spot. It's a blemish. I'm going this week to the doctor. Me. To get a blemish looked at. I don't like going to this doctor. Because when he looks at one blemish, he makes you take off all your clothes and look at everything. You'd almost rather die. No, I don't. I don't. No, I get my attitude real good. That's where I'll be Wednesday. And the blemish is on my face. Come on, man. Come on, man. But I'm just going to be brave. Here we go. But anyway, I'm sorry. I get sidetracked. Blemishes. That's what apostasy is in the church. You can be preaching the word, but at the same time, you can have some of the things we've talked about today, and it's a spot. You better watch it. Clouds without water. Apostasy is empty. A church that's preaching anything other than the the life-changing, life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ is empty. Empty. You're still going to die in your sins, and then what? That's anything other than the gospel of Christ. You hear me today. It's empty. Trees without fruit. It's barren. Why are churches dying, deader than a hammer, dying, dying, dying? Many of them is because of apostasy. Not all of them. Raging waves speaks of, he said it in the scripture, shame, shame. These are signs. These are, these are examples. And then wandering stars. They're pretty well useless if you're trying to get somewhere in your ship. Don't be following one in one that moves. Amen. Come on. Guarding against apostasy. Keep looking. How to guard yourself against apostasy. How do you do it? And we're almost done. You've got to tell me we're done. Here we go. But be, but ye, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you guard against apostasy? Now, we've talked a lot today, and now we're at the end. Build yourself up in the what? Which is found in the what? The Bible, the Word of God. Amen? Got it? Build yourself up in the faith. How do I guard against apostasy? Read the Word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the Word of God. Hide God's Word in your heart. Sit with me if you know it. That I might not what? Sin against God. Your Word is a what? A lamp unto my what? Feet and it's a light unto my what? Path. Okay? So build yourself up, beloved. On your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Ask the Lord. I'm not talking about where you pray in the Spirit and you're talking in tongues and running around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about get real with God. Get real with God. Get real with God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Be honest before Him. Lay it out before Him. Say, God, take your red hot finger and put it on things in my life. Lord, show me your word as I'm reading your word. Pray in the Holy Ghost like that. Help me, Lord. If you find yourself getting divisive or grumbling or complaining, pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, don't let me be this way. I want to be true. I don't want to be one of these people. I don't want to be core. I don't want to be the things that I, that I read in the book of Jude. Please, God, help me. That's what I'm talking about. Amen? So, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life. So, number one, keep yourself in the faith. Number two, pray in the Holy Ghost. 
If you want to guard against apostasy. And number three, say it with me. Keep yourself in God's love. If you, if you do like Joel and Chris sang today about the cross, if you keep focused on him, his love for you, that's why I open up a lot of services going, Lord, we love you because you first loved us. I want our whole service to be reminded of that. Remind me, Lord, as I preach. You just keep remembering it was God who loved you. Don't stand in judgment of God. Don't stand in judgment of God's word over God. Isn't that crazy to say? You saved me from hell. Now I'm up here now and I'm going to look down on your word. Don't do that. Yes or no? Keep yourself in the love of God. Boy, and you know what that does for me? Makes me want to hit my, feet, my, uh, my face before his feet. Fall on my face before him. That, that'll fix a lot of stuff. And if some have compassion making a difference, others save with fear, pulling them out of the what? Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. So how do you keep yourself from apostasy? The fourth one is witness to others with compassion. If your Christianity died with you, you're a, you're, a, you're a prime candidate for apostasy. But if your faith is alive and you're sharing your faith that's alive with somebody else, that is one way you can stay away from apostasy. One of the worst things you can do is ever just get you sort of settled and get you just a little group and that's, then you're happy. Guys. There's a whole world that's lost out there. Don't ever lose vision out there. You hear me? Without vision, people what? Perish. And also without vision, people will become apostate too in the church. Very important. Now to him that's able to keep you from what? Falling. Falling. He's able to keep me from going this way. I don't have to be apostate. No. Stay. Do what we said today, Jude says. And present you what? Faultless. That doesn't. If you're going to go faultless before the Lord, it's because of His grace. We know that. But you don't have to be an apostate. Before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. I love this verse right here. Say it with me out loud. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Come on. Amen. Let's praise the Lord for His word this morning. We're done. We did it. Woo! 25 verses.